Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela. And I'm Lori. And today we have the pleasure of speaking to Sam and Misty from West Coast Goods. So Sam and Misty are <laughs> Sam and Misty are a reselling couple who sell on eBay, Amazon, and have an eBay, eBay and Amazon mentor group. We're so excited to get to know this powerful team and introduce them to our audience. So join us at the table, friends, and let's get to it. So welcome, Sam and Misty. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you for having us. It's very nice to have you guys on here. So Lori and I have looked you guys up and done some research, but our friends who are listening may not know who you are. So uh, this is your time to take the stage, introduce yourselves, how you got into reselling, what was your story before reselling, and just kind of share that backstory. Sure. So we started reselling. Um, we we never resold part-time. We just jumped in full-time resellers. And that was 14 years. 2007. 14 years ago. So we just, um, we met, we were working together at a mortgage firm and um, we both stopped working there um, and then we met after the fact, but uh, we got into reselling. Um, somebody gave us a BlackBerry. So this is before all the smartphones. It was a BlackBerry. 7130, like the old school black and white cell phones. Yes. Yeah. So Blackberries get, were big. Yes. Yeah. Huge. Those and the uh, trio. The palms. Yeah. yeah. The palms. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That, we're that old. <laughs> I mean, I wanted a Blackberry so bad when I was in college. It was like I saved up. To, I had a Blackberry and I had um, a sidekick because yes. I wanted to text on my sidekick and I couldn't do that in my Blackberry because that was hey. extra money. You were the coolest person with a sidekick. Yes. Right? I had two phones. <laughs> um, a- anyways, we ended up. I couldn't get used to using the phone. I hated it. So I put it on eBay and we made like 50 bucks in 24 hours. And I was like, wow, we might be on to something. And like she said, you know, we were doing mortgages and this was in like 2005 to 2007, right when the market was crashing. Mm -hmm. So we kind of knew that, you know, life and mortgage isn't going to last much longer. Yeah. I kind of, you know, asked her if we can invest some money into buying some cell phones and giving it a try. We doubled our money, quit quit our job. Um, I had a big commission check come in, invested all in cell phones, and we did cell phones for a good five. It was it was a long time. Yeah, it was five to seven years. We did strictly cell phones. Um, we would custom build cell phones. We would uh, deliver. We lived in San Diego. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with San Diego County, but it is huge. And so a lot of our customers wanted to purchase the phones, but they didn't, didn't want to commute. So I would charge $5 delivery. And um, I'm sorry if you can hear puppies in the background. I am. <laughs> okay. We love animals on this podcast. So we'll definitely see one of our animals. Yeah. At some point in time. <laughs> So, uh, so we would deliver anywhere between 10 to 15 cell phones a day all over San Diego County. Um, and then the iPhone became very popular and kind of, yeah, when yeah. the iPhone and, Al- and the galaxies came out, it kind of eliminated all competition. There was no more LG. Yeah. There was no more, um, Katana. So that kind of like really hurt the market for us. So we kind of had to shift our focus on, into just 
something else. So is that before that's, we moved to? That's when we looked into eBay and we got into garage sales and um, sneakers. Yes. Sam is. So a I have a question that's interrupt. Uh -huh. So how were you selling the phones before you? So you weren't on eBay selling the phones or you were? No, we were. Thank you for clarifying that. Uh, we were doing Craigslist. Okay. Craigslist was selling a majority. We were still on eBay, but nothing like we were moving yes. locally. Craigslist, uh, Recycler. Oh, yeah. Whoops. Penny saver. Yes. <laughs> the funny thing with cell phones, when someone breaks their phone, they want it, you know, they need it within a day or two. So eBay wasn't really it. And that's why, you know, locally, like we killed it. You break your phone, you kind of, you needed something there. And back then. And we did swap meet. So I would go to the Kobe swap meet and I had a space down there in San Diego on um, Friday and Saturdays and sell there. And those were huge. Um, we Can sold. you yeah. explain what that is for people that might not know what that? Oh, uh, swap meet or they call it flea, flea market. markets in the East coast. Yeah, um, like flea market. East coast <laughs> meets on the West coast. <laughs> Broad sale, yard sale, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know I've never heard that term before. Yeah. Well, really? <laughs> we have this debate like all the time with people. Like when they hear us say it or we hear flea market, because flea market makes doesn't say make that to someone in Cali, like no one knows what that is. Yeah. yeah. When you said swap meet, I thought you like met at a spot and you were swapping. Right. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. how I interpret. I'm yeah. glad you clarified. Yes, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> yeah. And here's another question. Where were you sourcing your phones? Where are you getting your phones? Buying, buying mostly off of eBay, buying broken, broken phones and repairing them. We repaired the phones and then we would uh, change the whole housing. I don't, I don't know if you know what Blackberries used to look like, but they had, um, you know, that plastic casing. So yeah. we would buy them from China, all different colors. We would customize them, you know, the color of the phone, change the color of the keys. Um, so they were, they were huge. Blackberries. I was going to say, you were the type of people that I go looking for in the flea market to customize <laughs> right. my phone. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. To match your shoes. Right. Yeah. And you were just like learning as you went, like you just figured it out. Did you watch like YouTube videos to figure out how to customize? Like, how did you learn how to fix these phones? I customized one for myself and I was getting so many compliments that we thought, you know, let's just try putting them um, up for sale. And then they just, they took off especially yeah. you know when people could have you know their favorite teams on the back whether yeah. it's the dodgers or angels gold or and purple for lakers people love that yeah, yeah. when you think about the market then too it, i mean it's so different than what electronics is now right but in yeah. that time frame like 2005 to 2010 i mean that was what everyone wanted you wanted your phone yep. customized you wanted to be personalized you want that was like the cool thing to do and then yes. yep. iphone like you said completely changed everything yes. they changed everything. Everything. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. everything phones were becoming popular at that time you know when everyone had the razor flip phone yes. you know everyone wanted that yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so then we would do uh, we got into garage sales and um, sold a lot of items on eBay through garage sales. Then we kind of started looking at just some YouTube videos and seeing a lot of people doing being real successful in sneakers. We got into sneakers and we found out from a YouTube channel that in Oregon, um, Nike, where the Nike and Adidas headquarters are, they would donate their sample shoes to the Goodwills mm -hmm. daily out there. Oh, wow. So we left California took a trip out there for a week just to see if it was real and the stuff that we stumbled upon was just amazing I mean there were just 15 20 buys for you know sample shoes that people can't get so we were selling three four five six hundred wow so we decided to make the move out there 
kind of uh, stack up some real money. And uh, we did it for a good couple of years. Nothing but exclusive sneakers from Goodwill in Oregon. Wow. That's great. So they were Nike samples. So, you know, they're one of a kind. Um, no one has another pair of them. And and they're in like new condition. Yeah, majority because of them are new or just barely yeah, tried on. And with samples, I mean, they're just so in demand. And they were just mm -hmm. like everywhere. We would travel what was your all day just like Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, what was your competition like in Oregon? Like, there were there other people in the game at that time? I, I don't think so. I don't think anyone really, really knew. And you know, most people like when you talk thrifters, they're just in there. Most of them are you know women in the women's section or men's in the men's clothing. Sneakers weren't too big back then. There wasn't a buzz like you know everyone's a sneakerhead now. Everyone sells right. sneakers. Right. But then there was really no market for it. Mm. And it really ahead of just, the curve. Yeah, they were just scared to invest, you know, $25, $35, $40 in a pair of shoes that they know nothing about. Most of them didn't know how to look up sneakers to know what they were when we knew exactly, you know, what they were. And then, um, you know, we're continuously learning. So we are we were watching YouTube videos and we saw people, they buy from TJ Maxx and Marshalls and they're able to resell from TJ Maxx, Marshalls, Ross Burlington, and you're able to make a profit from those new shoes, reselling them on eBay. And then that's when we stumbled across that we are ungated in Nike and Under Armour on Amazon. And so, so can that you explain that whole gated, ungated thing? Because that's sure. a new term to me. Sure. So when someone opens up in a, a new Amazon account, they cannot just sell big brands. They are restricted. Um, which is what gated means okay. to sell these brands such as Nike, Adidas, Under Armour, just, you know, a majority of the big brands. But since our account was an older account, they grandfathered it in and just the original accounts could almost sell anything. Wow. So we had a market open to us because most people that were already sourcing in our area and Marshall's TJ Maxx and, you know, these type stores couldn't sell this stuff on Amazon. So a lot of it was getting left behind and we had the ability to be able to sell it on Amazon. That's amazing that like the, it, the opportunity was just there for you. I mean, you didn't yeah. have to you didn't have to worry, you could just do it and that obviously sprung you forward to your success that you have now. I think in everything that we've done it's just kind of just been an accident that kind of fell into it's our, just, our lives. Yes, yeah. It's just forming, right? Yeah, and everything was really planned. We didn't plan any of this. It's just, it's, I swear, it just keeps falling in our lap and just opportunities. And then we're learning from each opportunity that comes in front of us. It's just, we're it's grateful. Pretty amazing. Um, it sounds like your timing was pretty amazing for both yeah. of those ventures, you yeah. know, with the Blackberries and with the sneakers, but you also went for it. Like if you got a lead in Oregon yeah. and then you, you did it, like you guys went out there and you made it happen. So I always think that timing is super important, but taking advantage of an opportunity is as well. And you guys seem to capitalize on that. I agree that, um, that I have to give all the credit to Sam. He just, he, he builds this in his mind and I just, you know, I'm his wife. I have to believe in him and it just, yeah. it works out for us. So yeah, um, I don't like to fail. <laughs> and if it doesn't work out, we, you know, we find a way for it to work out. So um, there's lots of opportunity out there. And I mean, we've had our downfalls, plenty of them yeah. lost. We've lost thousands of dollars, but you know, you learn from that and you become a better reseller by accomplishing and getting over those hurdles. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 
um did you guys ever envision this like where you are right now so you guys are oh. very accomplished as a reselling couple and um you know you are now on you're on amazon you're on ebay and you have this mentorship that you offer to people to help them grow their ebay and amazon businesses did you ever picture yourselves being here no not at all or just the way that um our social media has kind of like snowballed and um we didn't we didn't understand really how important that presence is but we would be out with our kids in you know venice beach and we would have people come up to us and they knew who we are like that is just like that blows my mind and our kids are looking at us like they just came up and are like are you west coast goods and west coast gems and we're like what is this like what kind of world is this and our kids are just like sitting there looking at a shop you know um but th that's when we realized like we have a platform and an opportunity to help others you know uh, do this same thing at home i mean um, you know, these mothers that are working from or trying to work and raise their kids like this gives them the opportunity to work from home, raise their children. They don't have to be away from them all day. Um, it's just it, it's just crazy. Reselling is amazing. And um, that platform that, you know, that it gives us to the freedom, the time freedom is. Yeah what I feel blessed every day. own schedule. And I'm definitely envious that you guys are a couple in this because, you know, it's, it can be an, it can be a lonely job sometimes, um, which is yes. why social media is also nice. Or I connect with people through YouTube or podcasts or whatever. But whenever I see like a couple who's in it together and I think how they can like divide and conquer and also bounce ideas off of each other and propel each other forward. It's, it's just so it's exciting for me to see this and then to see the next generation coming through. So tell us about your family dynamic and how you've <laughs> included your children, how many kids you have. Like this part is fascinating to me as well. Sure. We have two kids still at home. One moved out, grown up. Mm -hmm. um, our youngest is 13 mm -hmm. now and my son's still at home. He's turning 18, 18 in a couple month. months. <laughs> wow. Wow. But and they like, help you guys, right, with the business? We've always included them. We let them invest. Um, we we teach them, you know, um, the taxes portion mm -hmm. of it. Um, when they do invest, like, they have to pay for their shipping. They mm -hmm. they need to learn every aspect of it. And um, Not at just first, we were part. doing it just yeah. for an extra pair of hands, right? But but they're getting interested in it. And um, it, it's really our responsibility as parents to teach the kids how money works, the true way money works, not what we're taught in schools, Correct. Um, not the, you know, normal college nine to five. I mean, that's just not for everyone. It's not working for a lot of people now. Um, they don't teach people how to make money work for you. And I just, I really feel I mean, coming from a Middle Eastern background was really instilled in me. And I feel, you know, we have to instill it into our children. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can relate to you on that. So I'm first generation Italian American. My okay. family came off the boat. So my dad came here when he was in his mid twenties and my mom came here when she was younger, but my grandparents, my mom's parents, they had nothing when they came mm -hmm. here and they worked three, four jobs. They were hustlers. That's what they did. Yep. They saved yeah. money. You have to, it, you have to. <laughs> exactly. And they bought cars in cash and they bought houses in cash. And this is just what they did. And a lot of that is 
um, has transferred over to me and my sister as well. And the entrepreneurial side of me, yes, I work outside the home. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if that'll be a forever thing for me. I don't know. As of right now, I still work outside the home, but I've always wanted to grow my own business. So getting into reselling, having the podcast, social media, helping me out with that, starting YouTube, like all these different things are kind of coming together. And it's like, okay, I feel like I'm finding my purpose in it all mm -hmm. and learning the money and just understanding all of that. I feel like when you come from an immigrant family, um, there's just different things that get instilled in you that you see firsthand. Um, Definitely. It's just different, you know? Yeah. It's really just hard to explain. And it's not even just saying things, you know, about American culture. It's just, I think it's different coming from a different culture. Yeah, mm -hmm. I agree. I absolutely agree. Money's looked at differently, right? Yeah. In various cultures. So yeah, but the opportunity to even give your children, right? To possibly get into reselling and get into the family business. I mean, the opportunity mm -hmm. is there for them and they're already doing it. That's great. Yeah, That's definitely. Awesome. I mean, my son's already, you know, flipping sneakers, flipping, you know, the Travis Scott releases and, you know, things like that. So they're learning. Yeah. He makes his own money. How does he get the Travis Scott stuff? Yeah, right. That's what I want to know. <laughs> we we have bots in our group, so. Ah, yeah. I got it. You got to be in the group to I know. Failed attempts for my sixteen-year-old son. <laughs> no, yeah, they're they're really difficult without bots. It's mm. it's almost impossible. I mean, you'll get lucky once every 15, 30 tries, but it, it's difficult. So, and how many? Like, if a sneaker, if if like something drops. How many of one shoe do you typically acquire? Depends on the release. I mean, if mm -hmm. something matches my purchase criteria and I see that it's consistently selling, and that's kind of what we focus on are, you know, items that are popular in demand. Mm -hmm. We mainly do sports apparel now from, you know, Nike, Adidas, Under Armour, men's, you know, joggers, uh, sneakers, uh, sports bras. So that's kind of what we focus on. But if something matches my purchase criteria and I see, you know, it's consistently selling, I don't mind going heavy into something. Mm. It's just the real, you know, what's going to help me make that decision is seeing how often it's selling. Okay. Yeah. I feel like this is like a whole nother world, Lori, that we just don't tap into because we thrift clothing and we sell it. Mm -hmm. We do retail arbitrage and stuff as well, but it's like this whole world of sneakers and all of that. Like, it's just, it's so foreign to me, but it's yeah. so fascinating to hear about it. it in all reality, I mean, it's just all the same. I mean, whether it's clothes or vintage items or, you know, new clothes, used clothes, it, it's pretty much all the same. I mean, if something's selling a lot, you know, you're going to buy a lot of, um, if you're just buying, you know, one little item, you hardly see it selling, you know, you can pick up one item. Mm -hmm. So you kind of just let the numbers tell you what, what you're doing. Mm. Yeah. And once you identify what's in demand and, you yes. know, if it matches up with something or, or you educate yourself on a certain thing, you know, I don't know very much about sneakers, but my youngest has a little bit of interest in it. So he is the one who, when I'm out thrifting, I will message Rocco and then he'll tell me to go to different websites and see what's, what is the sneaker one? The, the stock X one that people stock X or go, 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 goat's the one that he has me look on. So yeah, I'm, yeah. <laughs> It, it's but there, but then again, like for somebody like me, I feel like um, the sneaker game is so huge right now, and there are so many big, there are so many people who just know what they're doing. Right. Mm -hmm. But I don't even know that I would tap into that because I don't know if I have like the the ambition for sneakers. Um, I, I don't I know. You have to have a little passion for. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. Just like with vintage, you have to mm -hmm. love that the the history of fashion yeah. and all that. And the history of it, have the eye for it, and really enjoy it. To, and to be able to appreciate it. 
Yeah, I, I think that having some passion for any of it makes makes your job it's that huge, much easier. Yeah. It makes you that much better at what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it helps you progress too. It just helps the business sure. keep going. Are you passionate about sneakers as well? Or do you have like something that is your niche or something you like to? Um, I, I love sports apparel. That's what I wear, but um, also beauty. Beauty is a, it's a huge seller and I love beauty products. So um, yes, that it does very well for us as well. So, and then it doesn't take up as much space as opposed to Sam's sneakers. <laughs> yeah. We have a three car garage that we converted to a warehouse and um, just the sneakers take up so much room. It kind of limits up to store. Oh, but there's yeah, such yeah. a good return on investment. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Anytime I find is. anything that doesn't take up a lot of space in my inventory, I'm so excited. Yes. So true. And, and some beauty products, you know, they can be upwards of a hundred dollars. So there's a lot of return in that as well. Funny you say that. Cause that's something I want to venture in, in this year is I want to buy um, some type of liquidation or pallet of some sort of just like beauty no, don't do it. No. Why are you shaking your head? No, no, most of that. We have to take your course. <laughs> most of it ends up being returns. Yeah. And with beauty, use beauty products. Not even but... use, but store a shelf pulls, returns, all of it gets mixed up together. Got You're it. talking beauty products, risk. After you deal with returns and going through what's new and what's, it's, it's a headache. And all the time looking up each and everything yeah. in a palette and listing it the time invested isn't worth your return. So another shift that we have done um, over the past year, it was right before COVID. So it wasn't because of the pandemic, but we switched to online arbitrage. So we literally do not leave the house. We source from home, it gets shipped to our home. Uh, We ship it out from our home. Our mailman picks it up from our house every day. Um, So we run our entire business from home yeah wow. going around to marshall's tj maxx and now it's and then the pandemic stores. happened and a lot of people were forced into um learning oa instead of ra mm-hmm. and um and that's another thing with the kind of like we fell into it a year before so once COVID. again great timing i know right <laughs> yeah. i'm seeing a trend yeah, yeah everything just kind of just happened for a reason mm-hmm. yeah but i mean what it's it's great for right now. I mean, you're in California and you guys are basically yeah. shut down. Um, yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Everything's locked we down. We opened up, hospitals, a, up for school. a few months, but then, yeah, right. majority of the time, everything's so been closed. Your opportunities are, I mean, they don't exist right that out in the real, yeah. you know, out in the world. It's you have to. get outside. Right. So, but you guys are not experts, but you have really good experience in it because you fell yeah. into it a year before. So that's great. I have leaned on online sourcing a little bit more since the pandemic and it's been a learning curve but I find that I enjoy it more and I know what I'm getting and it's a little different than sourcing at a thrift store I still love yeah. the girl to hunt don't get me wrong I still, <laughs> yeah. I still love that um but mm-hmm. but there's just something about sourcing online that intrigues me and I like yeah, that definitely yeah. it, he, it's fun he is strictly online arbitrage and then I of course when I'm doing my mom errands at Target or going to TJ Maxx and Marshall's I'm always scanning through all of the clearance or um, popular items. And I'm still doing some RA, but a lot of it is online. Um, And then another benefit is we can buy um, things in multiple online. And so that is, that cuts down on our listing time because you just change the quantity as opposed to listing all of these different items. 
Right, and doing single listings. So yeah. you guys predominantly eBay, Amazon, or what, what are your platforms look eBay, like? eBay, Amazon, Posh, Macari, you know. Okay, it. so you are on those platforms as yeah, well. Yeah, everything's cross-listed across all platforms. And then we also do Go and StockX. Nice. And local. Uh, we, I sell a lot of my um, Costco goods um, through local platforms. Like, we don't do Facebook. I don't no, know why. It's just offer up. <laughs> I don't know why we don't do Facebook Marketplace, but we do offer up a lot. I hate Facebook. <laughs> yeah, we're, I don't know. I don't love it. Yeah, yeah. I've never done it. It's to Instagram, so <laughs> we're yeah. that. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so you're on all the platforms. Is there one that you or more than one that you prefer over others? Because some people that are listening may be new and they're maybe they want to get into eBay. Like what advice would you give to someone who's hearing all these different platforms and they're like, I don't, I don't know what direction to go in. Number one, pick one platform and master it. Yes. You can't be all over the place because number one, most people don't have, you know, that big of a budget. So you have, you know, you're trying to sell something clothing wise for posh. You're trying to do a little for eBay and you're just, you're all over the place. Mm -hmm. You got to master one thing before you get into another. And that's one of the biggest mistakes I see people doing. I think or people trying to start Amazon and eBay at the same time. It's too hard. You need to master one before you do too. eBay has always had our heart, but for some, Amazon might be easier for them to learn as opposed to eBay. Um, but it just, it depends on the individual, I think. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people so, are scared of Amazon too. I mean, they hear, you know, all these stories or they hear people saying it. I tried it. I couldn't sell anything gave up. Sam, what do you think, and Misty, what do you think is the biggest myth about starting on Amazon? And what would you give as like your first two or three steps if somebody is interested in going that route? For Amazon, I would say learn a rank chart. Um, a rank chart's a group of numbers given to, you know, each category that kind of can tell you how often or how popular an item is. So I would suggest learning a rank chart and then learning a keep a chart. Keepa will kind of tell you the velocity selling wise monthly of an item and its past history. That way you can know if, you know, you're buying something that's selling or if you're buying something and, you know, the price last month was a lot lower than it is now, you know, it kind of helps you make that decision. Okay. You know, these things that are easily available online or like, how do you access these things? We have a free rank chart on our website. Um, uh, Keepa chart, they could just download, you know, Keepa. Yeah. I'm not sure what the subscription is on it, but it is a paid subscription. But the rank chart we have for free on our website, we update it every month. Okay. And whoever's listening, all of their uh, Sam and Misty's information will be in the show notes too. So you'll be able to click on those links to access all of this stuff as well. Um, I feel like Amazon is just taking off in this direction and reselling. Like, I feel like everyone is jumping on this, the Amazon train. Like, Lori and I know someone personally who has made the switch completely to Amazon, um, was on Poshmark. Was April on eBay too? Um, I'm not sure. I don't I know. But um, I think it depends on lifestyle and yeah. you know, the, the type of sourcing that you like to do and whatnot. Um, because yeah. there are also people who started on Amazon and made the shift off yeah. and it, it depends on like where your experience is. There's somebody in our group who does just books for Amazon on our little YouTube group. Um, mm -hmm. And that's a great way to start with books. It's yeah. one of the easiest ways, especially if you don't have that much capital books mm. at thrift stores or, you know, sometimes four for a dollar on a certain day, or, you know, when they have these book sales, $5 bags or $5 boxes, it's a great place for people to get started and learn the process. 
That's nice to hear. And do you guys, are you guys fulfilled by merchant? Do you fulfill all your orders? Are you sending things off? Everything, everything to Amazon. The only time like we really do the fulfilled by merchant was like the past couple of months. And it was Christmas. It was really just because we couldn't get our stuff to Amazon in time because of, you know, Amazon warehouses closing down left and right because of COVID shipment delays. So we kind of just handled it all pretty much from October through December. And a part of last year, they were only accepting necessities. Um, yeah, about three, four months out yes. of the year, you could only yeah. send. There was only know, certain items. Uh, essentials. Interesting. So how stressful was that for you guys to have to fulfill yourself for those few months? Well, because we do it for eBay, it's, it's the same. So if we do FBM, it's the same as if we were selling it on eBay. We just have to ship it on our own. But shipping time-wise, it was night and day from October so, I mean, probably like the 21st of December, the 20th of December with, you know, my youngest daughter, our son helping. I mean, it was a night and day thing. Oh, my we, goodness. We were getting out a couple hundred packages every day. I mean, what was the one on the 14th? I think we got out like 700 packages. Wow. I mean, it was just, it, it was, was insane. Yeah, it was our whole house was full of packages. We were shipping um, from when we woke up till when we went to sleep um, with the help of our two children. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. And did, so did the shipping to, so everyone who is a reseller and listening, we all suffered from, you know, the shipping times being so crazy. I know for me on Poshmark, I still have things that are pending from oh the last week of November. Yep. And so how did that affect your Amazon business or did it not affect it at all? Did you have returns? Like how, how did that work out for you guys? I think the first week of January and all, we will have about $10,000 in returns. There <laughs> were a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and there is this a- doesn't fit. I don't want it came too late, but in, with Amazon, there's no, no about it. You have to take that return. That's right. a the customer's always right with Amazon. Yeah. With Amazon, but with eBay, we do not accept returns whatsoever. Unless it's something that's our fault, yes. you know, we'll accept it. Right, right. If it's item not described, yeah. um, not as yeah. described, or things like that, I I have a little anxiety about returns as far as you know taking a step towards something like Amazon. But I mean, for people who are intimidated by it or whatever, it's just part of the business. The returns yeah. are part of it. So, do you just factor that into like your projections? No. Not necessarily, you know, when I purchase something, I add an extra 2% um, when I, you know, when I'm calculating my purchase criteria just to offset if I am promoting a listing on eBay and for returns. And I feel that adding that extra 2%, um, I don't really feel the returns or, you know, paying the promoted listings. That's smart. That's smart. Yes, that is smart. You're already incorporated in there. What portion of your eBay listings do you promote? All, all of them. All of them. All of them at 4%. Interesting. Oh, wow, 4%. Yeah. Okay. Lori and I are really trying to get into eBay this year. Like we were on it, but sporadic last year. It's like one of those things because we are predominantly Poshmark sellers. So, and it's so easy to list on Poshmark. Uh-huh. It is just, you list, I mean, besides the sharing aspect and all that, but yeah. um, it's just, it's not complicated to do, but it's just, it's another beast that you it's have to learn. You need to get into and just kind of, I mean, I just got like the $25, whatever, thank you that eBay sent. So I've, I've uh-huh. actually been on the platform for many years, but I've just been in and out with consistency. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do I want to ask you about eBay? <laughs> <laughs> Tell so me a little bit about Amazon, because you mentioned that when you got started, you realized that you were ungated in these amazing categories. And so did, did you just continue? I mean, you're still doing sportswear. So it sounds like that has been longstanding. 
it's been the easiest for us to source and you know nike stuff to us is just it it sells itself like i always have the same like it's like crack in the 80s i mean everyone it's just it just sells itself <laughs> especially right i feel like streetwear has just the last like three years because of everyone you know having yeah. that gym image leisure and wear, right? leisure wear <laughs> mm -hmm. and athleisure all of that jeans. Mm -hmm. When women's leggings came back, I mean, it was a wrap for us. I mean, everything was Nike and Under Armour. Yeah. Left and right. just printing money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just, it sells itself. And do you set the price on, for Amazon? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You control what you sell for. You can increase, you know, from your phone. Huh. With just, you know, a couple taps. When I sold on Amazon, it was when I was in college and it was for textbooks. Like that's the only experience I have on selling for Amazon. Hey, that's that's, that's, that's a money maker. Money's at. That's, you know what I was saying, you know, with people with a smaller budget looking to get started. I mean, some of those textbooks are, you know, a dollar, two dollars, even if they're five bucks, but textbooks are fifty, a hundred, two hundred dollars yeah, each. Right. You just mm -hmm. gotta wait for, you know, that season, textbook season. I True. know. I know. Uh -huh. But then I hear that colleges are now doing PDFs and not textbooks, but that doesn't really <laughs> no. mean anything. I guess oh. they're, they're still doing textbooks, but the yeah. kids, my kids buy them all used. And then, you know, they, they buy them, they sell them afterwards. Um, because we give my kids a budget for books and we say, mm -hmm. you know, whatever you spend over this or whatever you save can go in your pocket. So they're yeah. like very, very, you know, thrifty yeah. when it comes to their textbooks because yeah. they know yeah. like they're going to pocket whatever money we give them a certain they, budget. And then they can definitely add up. Uh, I always buy the year before because there's not very many changes smart. to the next, right? That's really smart. Um, I had a question and then I forgot it. Um, Something about eBay, I'm sure. <laughs> I remember. Because I have so many questions about eBay, but there's like, there's just, I just need to do it. You know, like that's really what it comes yeah. down to. I need to sit down and I just dedicate the time. And I know the platform, but I need to learn it even more. Like I know that, go ahead, Lori. I'm sorry. Um, how important do you think the optional fields are on eBay for your listings? Any extra options you have make your listing more visible to people. If you add a specific color and, you know, someone's searching that color, I would always recommend taking the extra 10, 15 seconds to fill out as many fields as possible. Even if it's in this, the description in the title. Mm -hmm. So yes, there's so many other fields in eBay that aren't, you know, if you can't fit it in title, whether, for example, you know, we sell sneakers, I'm not going to put the Euro size in the title, but someone who's on eBay who's searching by Euro size, if I have it in the field, it's going to pull up. Yeah, and there, if I don't, there are going to be some customers that do use all of those filters to filter down that exact, you know, pair yeah. that they're looking for. So would you say that eBay is pulling more from all the fields than it is from your description and stuff? Like Poshmark is pulling from description and fields. So would you say eBay is both or are they looking at more? eBay has the worst search engine ever. Um, misspellings don't pull up. Um, if they... you have blue in front of uh, Nike instead of after, it'll pull up some listings and not the other. Some commas are having issues currently. Mm -hmm. They have an outdated search engine. So I would That's definitely true. take advantage of both titles. Which title makes and the optional fields more important definitely. because the search engine is outdated. 
So it's yeah. funny you say that because when I signed into my eBay, I remember when, I don't know, they didn't update a few months ago and you had to put in all these new required fields, right? Well, when mm -hmm. I signed into my eBay in the beginning of January, I now have 306 additional fields that I have to enter in and they're all those optional fields that I do not enter in. <laughs> so now I have 306 items that I need to go through uh, and, and put in all the optional stuff. Well, nice. the best part is when you go in and edit it, it refreshes the listing, which helps the algorithm, so. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It'll help yeah, each each listing as you do it. Yeah, just gonna do ten a day so that I don't overwhelm myself. <laughs> yes, small goals. My yes, very small goals. And then I tell people three listings a day. That was my question. It's a hundred items a month. Yeah, I've seen you say that before. Yeah. Like I've I have all these items to list. No, don't make it so hard on yourself. Don't yeah. look at the big picture. Break it down into small, attainable daily goals. But we also, um, with our group, we have weekly. Uh, listing challenges where we uh, pay out um, usually just gift cards or yeah. gifts for you know our members that are sitting there and you know we have a little competition we'll mm -hmm. start it like we had one this uh, this Friday started Friday 8 p.m. whichever member lists the most by Sunday we gave them like a $50 Amazon card That's so we kind of try to make listing fun and do it with the members to and everyone it, you know. boosts each other up it's it's really exciting and you get you know more listings done so well, it sounds like a nice group. Yeah. I'm excited to talk a little bit about your membership group and how people sign yeah. on, how many members you have, how often you meet. So the members group we started beginning of last year, um, we were always just getting, you know, asked questions like how we're finding this, where we're getting this. Um, so me and a friend uh, put together a little group that we just started, you know, we we're just playing around with it. We didn't think anything big of it it started growing and growing and we kind of realized that, you know, we're on to something here. Um, then I made the switch to what a lot of people aren't familiar with is called Gumroad about six months ago now. So Gumroad is a digital platform to sell digital content, whether it be like groups, guides, um, books, music, decided to put the group on Gumroad allow the members to affiliate. So anyone that they referred, they got paid. Okay. It kind of just really took off. Um, every month we're adding about 100 members. We are currently six months in and at 700 members. Wow. Wow. That's and these are all the members who are part of your incentive, you know, listing challenges and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. We also, it's actually a lead group. So we provide 10 to 20 leads, um, typically online Monday through Friday to them. So it is 50% um, retail and arbitrage and 50% online arbitrage and also 50% Amazon leads and 50% eBay leads. So it's, uh, the group is good for eBay or Amazon sellers. Um, and then we run our group on a app called Discord, 
And so we are all using the same app. We all, there's different channels. I think we have about 20 different channels. Wow. Just for leads, yeah. Just for leads. We also have stocks. We have um, oh bots. God. We have Sneaker monitors. Releases, and then um, what else? So, so 20 different channels depending on the interest of your members. So if I'm looking for sneakers, I'm on this channel. Mm-hmm. There's probably about 50 channels in total, but 20 just for leads. Yeah, we have general chat. We have uh, success wow. where everyone uh, takes photos and they share their success for the week. We have um, 10 plus monitors. What the monitors are, are there monitors for each individual store, whether it's Target, Home Depot, Amazon, any member who's looking for a particular item, we can put this item into our monitor. And the second that that website goes live with it, our group gets a notification. Wow. Wow. So when you have all these members putting in these deals to each store, like the monitor is just consistently going. So our phones are consistently <laughs> like they're always going. You can filter which uh, channels you prefer. And so you only get notifications for those items. But I mean, that's how easy it is um, to find inventory is things that are hot our leads will get a notification. You click on that notification. It goes to the store's website where the thing just came uh, available in stock. And then you can just add to cart, gets delivered to your front door. You yeah. list it. It's, it's that simple. I mean, <laughs> so um, crazy. Did yeah. you um, purchase a lot of PS5s and Xboxes this season? Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. Parents, but we did. People are yeah. angry at you. That was oh, nuts. Yeah. Yeah. My husband got lucky and got one on Amazon. They said they were going to go live at noon and mm-hmm. he happened to just be working at his desk doing his job. And um, he logged in a little early and they went live at 1145, not noon. And that was awesome. <laughs> and got one. Um, but then, but of course we didn't tell my son Rocco. We're like, you know, they sold out. I'm yeah. sorry. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, couldn't get it. We tried. <laughs> yeah. And then weeks later, my son Anthony was on a, a group for the PS5 because he mm-hmm. wanted to get that. But so he was on some alert that I don't know what he signed up for, but he got mm-hmm. the alert and he ended up getting it at Walmart. And then there was a buzz one day target, like the week before Christmas, as I'm sure, you know, like mm-hmm. came out with, um, they all, all, all the Xboxes were back yeah. in stock. Yeah. Them and Best Buys, I think the same day. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so then like my phone was going crazy with all the moms, <laughs> like figuring it out, but I'm, I'm sure we were late to the game by then, but we had already had it. But then Rocco's like, mom, they're available. We got to get one. And I had to play dumb because we already yeah. had one. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's very exciting. Like when you it get is. those notifications, it's pretty exciting. And Xbox was insane this year. Yes. Yeah, it really was. That and the PlayStation. They were yeah. really, really big. This yeah. is stuff but- that my husband wants to get into. Like I like <laughs> the clothing and the accessories and the handbags and all that kind of stuff. And he wants to get into like the Amazon world. Like this is what he wants to get into. The sitting on the computer, find the items are, you know, they're mm-hmm. dropping. He adds it to cart. They come to the house. Like that's what he wants to do. That's his, that's his goal. <laughs> yeah. So he was what very excited so- that I was talking to you guys tonight. Very oh, excited. Yeah, cool. <laughs> What is so exciting is the limited releases. So we will have, you know, multiple laptops, each of us and our phone, our credit card information on there, you know, and you just have to be super quick and your adrenaline is running and it's it's fun. It's a lot of fun. And this is our job. Like it's just, it's crazy. (laughs) That's super fun. Did you guys buy stuff for the Beyonce drop, the Ivy Park drop? No, only because the first. We did last, her first first time and it sat. Oh, really? The first release, we stayed away from the Mm -hmm. second release. 
Yeah. So those are the instances where like you anticipate and you get excited or what about like Post Malone and Crocs? You must buy them. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's a big one. <laughs> yeah. Right. Ah, fun. Yeah, See, this yeah. is fun. But yeah, the Beyonce we stayed yeah. away from. Okay. And then we started seeing, I mean, even after like the first release, everything ended up being at Marshall's and TJ Maxx. So we know it just didn't do good in store either. Well, I think that's important to note, too, because right now the yellow tag sale is going on, yep. right, with Max and Marshalls. And I think it's important for people that are listening to remember that sometimes those are items that have sat in the retail yep. store and they didn't move and they didn't do telling well. Telling you a story, yeah. Right. Or and if it you just see two or extra. three markdowns on an item, that's, that's telling you something. Right. If you're finding one or two pieces of the same item, maybe okay to get. But when you're finding 10 of the same thing in every size. Every store, yeah. Right. That's typically that reasoning. You have to put the brakes on and say, well, is this really worth it for me to get? Because yeah. yeah, I think I bought a few Ivy Park um, pieces that were like $3, like sports mm-hmm. bras um, on yellow tag. And yeah, at those prices, you know, they make sense. But, at, you know, MSRP, no, thank you. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm a fan of going to like check out the yellow tag stuff at Marshall's and TJ Maxx. So then I'm always hesitant because I'm always afraid that I'm going to sit on these things because so many other resellers go out there and get them as well. I don't know. I have a hard time. Like I, I want things to move. I have like a very um, regimented mm-hmm. schedule that I have. I like items to move within like 60 to 90 days. I want them to move out of my space because everything is in my home. Uh, yes. I, so I don't like to keep anything. I'm not in the business of storing things. I want them to move. So when I go the retail arbitrage route, I always get a little nervous because I don't know how quickly it's going to move. Is it going to sit? Are people going to want this? Is it going to? Is it still going to be relevant in like a month? You know, mm-hmm. but that's right. the gamble that you take when you try right. this. If we all had the crystal ball, you know. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Definitely. So with the yellow tags, what we do is we do sourcing trips. And because we are ungated uh, with Amazon and Under Armour, that's pretty much what we focus on, shoes and athletic apparel that we will sell on Amazon because majority of the resellers cannot sell those brands on Amazon. And so we'll just scan through everything in that store, the yellow tags. Um, Nike, Under Armour. Um, when she brands. says road trip, like we will fill up yeah. an SUV, come back, leave again, <laughs> and we'll do a good two weeks out of it. Yeah, and then we'll two do weeks stand- later, we'll go pick up all the leftover yellow tags that have been marked down and do it again. Because they will continuously mark these yellow tags right. down. Every week they're going down 15%. So and how then- far are you yeah. traveling when you're doing this? So we do, um, San Diego is a huge county. So we'll do San Diego, swing back around home to empty the SUV. And then we'll do uh, Inland Empire and Palm Springs. So um, it's a couple days when we do the Palm Springs one. And we'll go um, all the way to Palm Springs, hitting every Marshall, CJ Maxx. Um, What is the other store? Ross. Yeah, Rosses we do, but those are and Burlington. Burlington is really for shoes, so we always go to Burlington to look at their sneakers, Mm -hmm. Um, and then we stay and have like a little relaxing weekend in Palm Springs. Stay at a resort for the weekend and then come back on Monday and hit the. (laughs) That's nice. Yes. Yeah, it's a lot of. Have you ever had an issue with any of the retail locations buying such large quantities? No. They're happy targets. to move. Targets, targets, targets do not like resellers. So um, we've had to warn our group members, you know, when you are going into these targets and getting these bolos that we share with you. Yeah, be incognito. Yeah, don't, don't be a, a sore thumb sticking out, you know, yeah. just fill up your cart, go to self-checkout, self-checkout. you know, because you don't want to alert them that you're a reseller and 
they really frown down on and the customer service or is they sign talking about resellers um just in december they sent out an email to you know corporate and all managers to put like a little sign in front of registers saying this is what you're looking out for these are limited yes i i just had actually an incident November, I think it was one of our bolos that we were out searching for. And I filled up my cart with this bolo several stores that day, several targets. Um, but I just arrived at one target and there was somebody in the front and told me it's limit two. So yeah. I had to empty my entire cart. And it was somebody, it wasn't even at the checkout. It was as I was, you know, just walking by and they noticed it in my cart. So it's really challenging. I worked at um, American Girl for um, on and off for like 10 years, like eight years total. Um, but we knew our resellers and we didn't love them, you know, yeah. and they would they would show up and I don't know. And there was something about that. It was a toy for a kid. And I still struggle with this today because we had that extra Xbox at Christmas. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, we could flip the, I mean, I'm a reseller, you know, but sometimes it does weigh on my conscience. I have to be honest with, with certain toys or like, you know, what about that working mom who like couldn't get out today to buy this toy? And I'm here, I work from home and I clear the shelf. I mean, I I do it. So like, I'm, I'm not judging at all. I'm just saying I have a, sometimes I have a harder time morally with like the toys and stuff like that. Uh, You know, because we, we knew at American Girl, there were people who you know, it's a luxury toy and people mm-hmm. would save their money and then they'd come in for that one item and it would be gone. And then the reseller yes. would have just walked out with 10 of them. So we limited, we, so we would be like different things. We would, we would yeah. put a different number on as far as limitations go. Yeah. I completely understand. And I was feeling that way over Christmas because there was one particular um, bolo from our group that was $20 at Target. It was for a small child, like an infant, and we purchased them all for 20 and we're selling them for 120 and you couldn't find them anywhere. Well, we would find them because we got that alert on our phone, West Coast deals. Um, But I was, I was thinking that like these poor moms, like this baby, even my brother tried to contact me, you know, know we can get them. It's very popular toy for the small children. And we, you know, they, they couldn't find them anywhere. So I know what you're yeah. talking about and where you're it's coming true. from. But then there's the flip side. Like I, I did. Demand. It's simple. Huh? I, I used to have that heart too. And then I realized it's simple supply and demand. It's it true. It is with certain yeah. things. I don't know. I, I still struggle with it. And I say that I'm sitting on an American Girl doll, limited edition, like <laughs> Nutcracker doll that I uh-huh. bought that I paid two fifty four dollars and is selling on average for between six fifty dollars and $800. Oh, I can believe that. I, I don't have the heart to list it yet. It's the first limited edition doll, like with, Sw- with Swarovski crystals. And I mean, I know that, like I know that uh-huh. brand very well. And I bought two and I kept one and I have one and I just haven't had the heart to list it. I'm going to, I'm going to list it. <laughs> oh, man. But I, it makes me pause, I guess, is all. Yeah. So I think it's like, it's a it's a different beast than saying, oh, I'm saving something from a landfill. You know what I mean? It's, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, that's it's true. a little bit different, but um, it's still really fun and it's still a hustle and it's still really hard work. And I respect yeah. it. I do. Just to talk about the flip side of what we were just saying about the target employees being on the lookout for resellers. When mm-hmm. I worked, I worked at Walgreens for 14 years. I was um, one of the marketing beauty advisors. So I'd go in, I'd set up all the beauty departments on the Walgreens and uh, I helped do all that kind of stuff and the um, having the items and different planograms. So um, we would get fired if they ever found out that we purchased an item on clearance 
and then tried to flip it. Um, oh, wow. Yes. Well, if we you're an employee, it's different. We, yeah. we, weren't a, we were banned from yep. eBay. Buying it all, right? Yep. They would look and see if we had eBay accounts, if we had, if we were on Craigslist selling oh, things. Wow. We used coupons and we're doubling coupons. So there were coupons that print the register and then there'd be manufacturer coupons. And if we were caught doing mm-hmm. that on a clearance or sale item, you would get flagged and you could lose your job. So, wow. um, yeah. So oh, we definitely fired people for reselling at our store. We used to have employee sales and we would sell the dolls for $15, um, but they were marked like visual department. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there were certain items that were only at the employee sale because they were now discontinued. So we have to, we had to pull them off the floor, but that made them go up in value. And then we were getting <laughs> exactly. them. Yeah. Oh, wow. price. And then if people were caught, you know, our loss prevention department bagged people all the time. So yeah. I obviously never sold anything while I was working there but it was tempting and, you know, 100%. Yeah. That sort of stuff. So it was definitely tempting. Definitely (laughs) tempting. And then when I stopped working there, I took full advantage of it. And that's when I started getting into eBay and I would sell makeup and stuff on eBay. And then I just stopped doing it all together. And then I got back into it a few years ago, but yeah. So, I mean, I get it when you're an employee, but when you, I always struggle with that when, when businesses get so upset when they see resellers come in and they're clearing out the inventory, it's like, but do you want to keep it? I'm confused. Yeah. What do you want? I can understand with a store like Target, because a lot of those, you know, popular items, they're not really making money on. They yeah. sell them just to get you in the store right. and buy something else. Sure. Yeah. So lo- some same. of those items they even take a loss on. Yeah. And it's the same with like, um, so in the pharmacy world, cigarettes or in lottery, mm-hmm. you don't make money in any of that stuff. It's a convenience for your customer that's coming in. Yep. You know, they might buy something else while they're in the store. Hoping to get a soda out of it or something. Yeah, exactly. Gift cards work the same thing. So all of that. But yeah, so circle back around here. (laughs) Um, Where do you guys see reselling going in the next five years, 10 years, year? You know, where do you see it going? Because you're heavily involved. Yeah, it's endless. The potential is endless. Um, especially seeing so many people interested in it. Then, you know, you start seeing reality shows on like Netflix, like what's that Slobby's world or Slobby's world. I binged that show when it came out. (laughs) The storage wars. And you start seeing people buying their reselling on eBay, girl boss on, you know, Netflix. Mm -hmm. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's endless possibility. What's the new sneaker one? Sneakerheads. I don't remember. Maybe. I I think it's called right now. Interesting. I didn't even know there was a sneaker one that was out. Mm-hmm. It's new. I haven't yeah. watched it yet. I think it's like a month old. Huh. Wow. Yeah. I just, I feel like there's so many possibilities in reselling and some people always say, well, it's getting saturated. There's a lot of people. And I think they've been saying that for 15 yeah. years. Right. <laughs> and and I, I don't think you'll ever like, maybe it feels more saturated because more people are doing it, but everyone mm-hmm. ends up finding their groove and doing different things and selling yes. different things and going in different avenues. And these new apps that are popping up left and right that you can sell on, like the opportunities are are endless really I mean you can stop selling things yourself and just become a supplier for people and you house all this stuff and then you're sending it out to them and they pay the price for the good you know there's so many options when it comes to reselling it's just not the it's not always the typical get the item at thrift store take a picture of it store it in your house ship it out like there's so much that goes into it yeah there's some people um that's focus specifically on books or cards. specifically on yeah sports cards we, we which have is a huge 13 year old in our group um what did he make his first month 800 
I think he made think $800 so, yeah. flipping cards his first month and the kid was 13 years old. <laughs> it was so exciting. And he yeah. knew, like he knew, um, was it a LeBron card? Yeah, he, he knew to he, hold on to it because they were going to win the championship. He's like, I, I asked him if, if he was going to sell it. He said, you know what? You know, I want to wait a month because I think the Lakers are going to win the championship. And just, you know, for a 13 year old to have a mentality <laughs> thinking ahead of value, right. something like that, it just, it blew me away. And There's something to be said guys. about that generation, right, Lori? I mean, Lori's yeah. got yeah. young kids. I mean, young, they're, they're teenagers, but there's something to be said about that generation, even the way they value thrifted items, just everything about it. Mm -hmm. It's just, um, it's different. I love than, to see it. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, they're, they have that hustle on them. Uh, we, in our Zoom call last week, was it, where the 19-year-old, he, remember the 19-year-old who did 50K? Oh, uh, 50,000, yeah. I don't remember, not six grand. I don't know. It was it was a 19 year old in our group, but he did um, over the holiday. So I think it was November and December. His ending numbers was fifty thousand. That's and, 18 years and old. He's yeah. 19. So what is he selling? Just different. Um, Everything. Different, yeah. Different, <laughs> yeah. Whatever he can get. <laughs> yeah. That's. But awesome. he just started Amazon and just you know picked it up learn to read charts to understand. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just a numbers game. If you learn the numbers and what's working, you can run with it. And he had money, so yeah, that definitely helps. I mean, capital is, it's huge. Yeah, that was a question I had. So I know you, you mentioned um, if you're just getting started or you're on a limited budget, like mm -hmm. books are a great place to start. You were like shaking your head when we were talking about liquidation. Um, I'm curious, <laughs> like, what would you suggest to somebody who has like, money to spend on say a, a pallet but they may not want to go the pallet route or whatever um what would you what would you recommend for someone who has the money what would be the first thing if it if if not books with money hmm, that's a tough one you have a lot right? of possibilities i guess if you yeah you know what with, with money it's 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 up to you it's what you're going to enjoy without money it's a whole different story and there's lots of options but with money i mean it's kind of whatever it is you want to do Mm. Yeah, and it's I only feel like money's available to you. I feel like we see people go the pallet route, right? Like a lot of our friends have gone down the pallet route and stuff. And Lori and I have talked about this. We don't really know if pallets is something that we want to do. We, you know, that's it's a different okay. animal. It really depends on what kind of pallets. Kind I mean, if pallet? there's store yeah. returns versus shelf pulls versus are you able to see a manifest of detailed mm -hmm. items of it, know exactly where it came from. There's so much that goes into pallets. It could right. be a gamble. Yeah. So. And right. then you're stuck with a pallet full of items that yeah. you can't sell. Because we've heard so many horror stories with people buying Amazon return pallets. And I mean, I've seen people lose lots of money like over and over and over again. Oh, that's heartbreaking. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, yeah. it's scary. And mm. discouraging too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very definitely. discouraging. Uh, so before we go, I definitely want you guys to give yourself a little plug if people want to find you on social media your website what, what where can they go where can they find you instagram sure. she is i'm west underscore coast underscore gems with a z and i'm west underscore goods under i'm sorry west <laughs> underscore coast <laughs> underscore goods with a z and then the website is west coast deals d-e-a-l-z dot com Perfect. And all of those websites are also, if you follow us on Instagram, you can go into our bio They're and um, everything is linked in there. We also um, have guides on how, if they do Amazon 
um, how to get ungated in Starbucks or toys. Um, we will soon have Nike and Under Armour ungating, um, which is going to be huge um, for 2021. So those will all be in the bio of our Instagram. Okay. Perfect. I know we're like signing off here, but the ungating thing was a was a question that I had. So for ungating, is it a matter of how long you're on the platform or what you sell in volume or your reviews or rankings? Like how does it a little go? bit of everything? Honestly, um, at first it's, you know, proving yourself, it's bringing your metrics to a certain, you know, point where Amazon's, you know, seeing that you're fulfilling orders in time. Um, you don't just have to, you know, wait for it to come natural. You can reach out to the manufacturer. I mean, if you have a letter from the manufacturer saying you're allowed to sell it, you submit it to Amazon, they'll allow you to sell it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Interesting. All right. Interesting. That was, that was one of the questions I had forgotten. And I'm sure we'll think of more once we get off too, because it's just hard things. Well, we do answer all of our DMs. So you're more than welcome or whoever's listening, you're more than welcome to um, send us any questions you have. And we do personally respond to each once one of our messages. That, that's impressive. Yeah. That's <laughs> good to know. We know that's how we learned is, you know, asking questions and watching videos and researching online. So um, we're just, we want to give back because that's how, that's how we got to where we are by yeah. learning from others that we're doing the same thing. And I'd rather save someone from making a costly mistake <laughs> if it's information I know that can save them that money. Because sometimes, you know, a mistake can cost you a hundred dollars. Yes, it's a hundred dollar lesson now, but it's still a hundred dollars. Right. 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 And if you don't have a lot of capital to work with, that, that can make yeah. a big difference in your business. It, it could be huge. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, your story is really fascinating. You guys are an inspiration and this was such a fun hour. I really enjoyed talking with you both. And thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. I think our listeners are going to love this. Yeah. I awesome. mean, I know we loved it. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Yes. Well, thank you for having us. And nice right, to meet you both. Here. It was nice to meet you both. Thank you so much for staying. staying of course. And chatting Bye. With Thank you. Bye. Hey, the thrifters, it's Daniela. And today we are going to talk about shapeandfoster.com. So Shape and Foster is a lifestyle development app that provides monthly actionable insight from six experts in mental health, financial planning, nutrition, fitness, yoga, and a life coach. It is a one-stop shop for self-improvement. The app provides a proactive and informed approach to improving your mental well-being by enabling practices and habits to be built. Lifestyle development is about enhancing your quality of life by improving awareness, identity, and potential. One community of actionable insight. Learn from six pillars essential to a healthy heart and healthy mind and in one unique app. Visit www.shapeandfoster.com for your free 14-day trial. Now let's get back to the episode.